Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Do you know who these are, John? He says, Sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones, notice, underline this, who came out of what? Great tribulation. Not just tribulation. It's a specific period of time that we've been talking about. everyone, and thank you for joining us today on Truth in Christ Radio. Our teacher today is Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. This vast multitude that John saw from every tribe and tongue and nation are those rescued for God's kingdom in the period of the Great Tribulation. The presence of so many tribulation saints is a powerful statement of God's grace and mercy. Even in this time of judgment and wrath on the earth, many are saved. Now let's open our Bibles to chapter 7 of the book of Revelation and follow along with Pastor Rob as he concludes this chapter. The tribe of Dan, they were the forerunners in this idolatry. Could it be that they're not listed because of that? It's very possible. Going on in verse 7 of our text, says, Of the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Levi, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 were sealed. Verse 8, Of the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 were sealed. Of the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000 were sealed. And we don't really hear much more of these 144,000 until chapters 12 and chapters 14 of Revelation, we see more of them at that point. But notice in verse 9, we run across a different group of people. So now we see Israel, the 144,000 being sealed, and now there's a whole different group of people that are going to be martyred, but saved and in glory during this tribulation period. It will cost them their lives. And if, you're, if it doesn't cost you your life, it's only because you've been, you're a good runner. And you've been able to outrun them. There are cameras everywhere in the world now. If you have a cell phone, if you're a criminal, word of advice, and this is kind of bad for me to say, but I think any criminal would know. If you really want to be a criminal, you better not carry around a cell phone, a watch, whatever. You get rid of it. Then you'll be off the grid, but you're still going to be seen by people. You're still going to be seen by cameras. And do you think there are things in place to identify you? Yes, they are. But notice, now we're on to the second half of this book, of this chapter. And it says, 
After these things, again, metatauta, we saw that in our, in our outline of the chapter, in, in chapter 1, verse 19. So now, even after these things, and in fact, the very beginning of this chapter said, after these things. After what things? After the sixth seal. God sealed these 144,000. And now we get to verse 9 here. After these things, the same exact words. After these things. I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number. Notice, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues. Does that sound like the Jews or somebody different? Different, right? Somebody different. These are the Gentiles. Peoples and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes. Where do we get that from? We saw that back in Revelation chapter 6, didn't we? We saw another, the, the same group, or at least a, a part of this group. It says, Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a, a while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. So in the tribulation, even in chapter 6 when it started, there are people going to be martyred. And this group here is going to be martyred as well. They will be martyred, and they will be given a white robe. We believe these are the same group of people, I believe. Notice, with palm branches in their hands. Does that remind you of Palm Sunday? And then we get to verse 10. And then crying, these, these people of tongues and peoples and tribes and nations, crying out with a loud voice, saying, What? Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So now we're speaking of God the Father who is on the throne, God who is spirit that no one can see, God the Father who dwells in unapproachable light, who has no visage that we can look upon him in these bodies and live. We need new bodies to even stand in his presence. And do you know that we're not going to see God the Father? We will always see him as it's pictured here in his effulgence. It's going to be glorious, but we're not going to see a figure. He's a spirit. No man has seen God and lived, but we will see Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh. Right? We will see him. Amen? Aren't you glad this is your destiny? This is your hope, Christian. That's why they call it a blessed hope. A blessed hope. And all the angels, verse 11, stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and they worshiped God. Saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Another doxology, another utterance of praise that this group gives to God the Father and to his Son Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of God who fills all in all. Love it. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these away, arrayed? Away, that sounds like Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Who are these awayed in white robes? Sorry. A little levity goes a long way in this dark period, right? <laughs> then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes, and where did they come from? And this is interesting, isn't it? It's a rhetorical question. And I love how the Lord does that. He, he, he asks questions. People who know in heaven, who already know the answer, they're asking John, who are these arrayed in white? <laughs> who are these arrayed in white? And John says, sir, you know. I have no clue. I have an idea, but you know. And I love how the Lord draws us out. He already knows the answer. He knows the answer, but he calls on, he asks the question to draw us out. Do you remember the time, and this is really wonderful, I love how the Lord does this. Remember after Jesus' resurrection, remember how he was um, 
He resurrected, and there was two of his disciples that were on their road to Emmaus. And remember, Jesus, in a different form, appeared to them. They didn't know it was him, because he had a resurrection body, something they hadn't seen before. Still the same Jesus Christ, but somehow quite different, and they weren't really sure. Jesus meets them on the way, and do you remember the dialogue they had? I, I love this part. And again, this is one of those things where God's drawing out, drawing out who are these arrayed in white, white robes? <laughs> Same kind of thing in Luke. He said, he said to them, Jesus speaking to, his, to these two disciples on the road to Emmaus, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? And then one of those name was Cleopas and answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and have you not known the things which appeared in these days? Have you been alive at all? Have you you've been walking, are your eyes open? Are you awake? Are you sleeping? And Jesus said, what things? Oh, you mean the most significant event in the world? No, I don't know anything about it. Had nothing to do with me. Do you get the point? He just draws them out. What things? Why? Because Jesus didn't know the answer? No, because he knew the answer. But he's saying, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to you? And he draws with cords of love, doesn't he? He's always drawing. What things? And so... They said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people. And I love that about Jesus. He's always drawing. So this angel says, do you know who these are, John? He says, sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones, notice, underline this, who came out of what? Great tribulation. Not just tribulation. It's a specific period of time that we've been talking about. They've come out of great tribulation, and notice they've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of Lamb. Well, that's a paradox. That's an oxymoron. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. When you have blood, if you get garment, if you have a white garment and, and you, get, you have a cut and it's all over, it's like, wow, it's very obvious, right? And you're washed in the blood of the Lamb. It speaks of moral purity. It speaks of spiritual purity, doesn't it? Purity. When you're washed in the blood of the Lamb, you are white as snow. Isn't that what Isaiah told us? Even though your sins are as scarlet, I've made you white as snow. Love that. Love, love that. And even Jesus in Matthew 24, I, you know, that chapter is so pivotal, pivotal. That and Daniel 9 are the keys to the all end time prophecy. But notice what he, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 21. For then there will be great tribulation. There it is again. And he's speaking of the time that we're talking about now. Such as not has been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. It's pretty clear. Wouldn't you agree? Everybody nod. It is pretty clear. You see it. <laughs> he spoke it. So these are clearly saved out of this great tribulation. And they, their robes were washed. The blood of Christ is powerful, and we are saved by Christ's sacrifice on the cross through his blood. And this is why we're going to take communion here shortly. We remember the blood of Christ. We remember what Jesus did on the cross for us. How could we forget? And yet our, our life, our time in this world, it just seems to dull us. It seems to get us in a, it's like one of those gerbils. Have you ever seen a gerbil in one of those little cages? And he's just running and running and going nowhere. And yet he seems to enjoy it, but he's going nowhere. You know, he's got that euphoric look on his face like, I'm going to get somewhere, I'm going to get somewhere. He's going nowhere. That would be like hell. Think you're going somewhere and you're not going anywhere. 
But there is no safety for you if you're not covered by the blood of Christ. Just as the exodus, the night that the children of Israel left Egypt, and the blood was the lamb's blood was put on the doorpost and the lentil. If you were in that door, you were covered by the blood. The death angel passed over and you were unharmed. But if you were not inside a house where the blood was applied, you would lose the firstborn of every household that didn't. They would, they would die. So the blood of Christ is so important. Therefore, they are before the throne. This group of Gentiles martyred during this tribulation period. It gives us a glimpse of who they are and why they're there. Therefore, verse 15, they are before the throne of God and they serve him night and day in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. Notice that. And they shall never hunger anymore, nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. Perhaps these are things that while they were on the earth that they went through. The hunger, the thirst, the heat, the difficulty. Perhaps these are things that they went through. Does that mean that because you're a child of God that you're not going to go through difficulty? Well, if, if, if being a child of God means that I'm not going to go through difficulty, then I must not be a child of God because I've gone through difficulty, and all of you have as well. But do not lose heart, Christians, brothers and sisters. Do not lose heart, for these things must be. It doesn't mean that your Lord does not love you. It doesn't mean that, he, that you somehow missed something. Hey, being in this fallen world... It's part and parcel to live in a fallen world. Things are going to happen, even to those who are righteous. For the Lamb, verse 7, who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them, notice, and lead them to fountains of living waters, and God will wipe away their tears from their eyes because all of their toil, all of their suffering is now going to be ended. Those who are martyred during that time, they are going to love Christ, and they're going to remember the things that they went through, and they are going to be so elated that they'll never see it again. Only bliss, only heavenly bliss, the provision, the love, the acceptance, the you know everything, holy love, holy pure. I, I can you imagine. It's just like just pour this over my head, you know. In Revelation chapter twenty-one, during the new heavens and the, and the new Jerusalem, what does it say? And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall no longer be any more death, nor sorrow, no crying, nor shall there be any more pain, for the former things have passed away. Folks, we live in a world that is only going to last for a short time longer. We know that there, the rapture occurs, the seven-year period, the thousand-year reign of Christ, and then at the end of that, a new heavens and a new earth, a new Jerusalem coming down, and that will be the eternal state for every one of us. And it, will, it, it speaks of this. There'll be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. I don't know about you, but I am so ready for that. Even on my best days. Have you had a really great day? Everything seems to go well. Wouldn't it be nice if you had great days like that all the time? You wouldn't appreciate them after a while. But there's coming a day. Now, I'd like to challenge you with something before we take communion. If Sarah could go ahead and come on up, Sarah. and uh, She's going to lead us in a song of worship. And what I'd like to do is to have every one of you, uh, when you're ready, after in, in just a few moments, I'll have you come up one by one. Or you can stand behind each other. You can space yourself as you feel comfortable. Come and grab the matzah and the juice. This represents the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. It's, a, it's symbolic. It's not real. Jesus never said it was real. 
When he broke the bread and he passed the cup, he wasn't saying, oh, by the way, guys, this is really my body. Enjoy. Cannibals do that. This is not cannibalism. This is symbolic. It was meant to be symbolic. Jesus said, as often as you do these things, do them in remembrance of me. You don't sacrifice Christ afresh. He was sacrificed once on the cross. But I want to challenge you with this before we take communion, and then we'll take it. These 144,000 that we read earlier in the chapter, they were sealed by God in their foreheads. And I want to ask you, are you sealed? Are you confirmed by God? In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, I need to read a few verses for you. Paul to the Ephesians wrote, In him, in Christ, you also have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that he who first trusted in Christ, that we who first trusted in Christ should be the praise, be to the praise of his glory, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you also were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the earnest, or the guarantee of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. When you receive Jesus Christ into your heart, it is an earnest. It's a down payment. And then the redemption. You know, when it talks about being sealed to the day of redemption, in Ephesians again, in chapter 4, it says, And do not grieve the Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. The day of redemption is the rapture. We have been given the Spirit of God, if you're a Christian, the Spirit of God in you. That is the earnest. That's the down payment. And what happens when you put a down payment? You come back later with the rest of the money and say, here's the rest of the money. I want to redeem what is mine now. That's exactly what happens. You are redeemed at the rapture. That is the the day of redemption. He's already put the down payment on you if you're a child of God. And he's going he's to say, you know what? I'm coming back. I got the rest of the money. In fact, I've already paid for it in my blood. But now I'm going to come and claim it. And you and I will be taken. But are you sealed? Are you sealed? And 2 Corinthians, finally, we'll end here and we'll take communion. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has what? Sealed us. There's the same word again that we were looking at in Revelation 7. He sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee, as a down payment. That's literally what the word means. As an earnest Layaway. You're in layaway, folks. Sitting on a shelf collecting dust, waiting. Hopefully not sitting on a hopefully not sitting on a counter collecting dust. We have work to do, don't we? We have the marvelous, the greatest thing we could ever have, the, the greatest message we could ever proclaim. And that's Jesus, to proclaim his name. I want to challenge you. Are you one of his this morning? If you are not one of his Please hear my voice, those of you who are online. Right now, give your heart to Christ. Say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for every single thing I've ever done. All the wicked things that I've thought. Cleanse me and heal me and make me yours. If you haven't done that today, you need to.
You need to. You must be saved. Do you understand? That's God's heart. You must. You have free will. You have free choice. You can do what you want. Many people do. But will you ignore the truth? Will you ignore the blatant truth? Will you ignore the love of the truth? And resist him any longer? Do not resist him any longer. Give your heart today, now. It's very simple. There's no gyrations. There's no special prayer. It's as simple as, Lord, I'm a sinner. Save my soul. It's that simple. And he will in no wise cast you out. And so as we, as Sarah leads us in a song of worship, I'd have for you to think about that. And if you are one of, if, if you receive Christ for the first time today, then come and take communion. Come and take it. If you have not received Christ, you can take communion. It's not going to do you any good. There's nothing wrong with that. It's kind of hypocritical though, right? Why take something and ingest something that you don't believe in? But as we sing this song, come forward and remember the price that was paid. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for what these tokens represent to us this morning, Lord. They represent your, your body that was broken. Lord, as you endured the, the nails in your wrists, and as you endured the, the plaiting of the crown of thorns on your head, as you endured the spike, that Roman nail that was driven through your feet to the wood peg, Lord, as you endured the spear that pierced your side, as you endured, more importantly, the wrath of Almighty God on the cross, the token that nobody could see, nobody could see it with their naked eye, but yet, God, that was the greatest thing that happened on that cross. And your blood was the price, the very blood of God, and Lord, that's why this morning we, we take these elements in remembrance of you very simply. And so, Lord, we love you and we thank you. And we thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for being such a great and loving Heavenly Father to us. You're such a good Father. You're such a good Shepherd. Lord, you're the great I Am. You're the great Shepherd. You're the great God, the great King. You're the great I Am, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. We take this in remembrance of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take the cracker, let's take the matzah. The body of Christ broken for us and we take the, the cup for the blood that was shed for the remission of sin. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's stand together and let's give thanks to our great God and King Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, we thank you for this time and pray that, Lord, you'd flood our hearts with the sense of your grace and your, perp- your wonderful grace in our lives. And so we thank you for this time together. Lord, encourage us, strengthen us by your spirit. And Lord, help us to not grow weary in well-doing. Help us not to grow discouraged, Lord, in the time that we live. Even though there's reason to be discouraged, honestly, Lord. But Lord, help us to get our eyes focused off of the things of the earth and to be thinking about you and to be thinking about what you've shown us in advance for our nurture, for our admonition, for our encouragement, Lord. You're so good, Lord. We're thankful this morning. Please glorify yourself in and through each of our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen.
I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.